0: to another episode of Purple Insider. Matthew Collar, Manny Hill for some hot routes again on a Thursday night. Hopefully you are enjoying watching the Green Bay Packers at least so far into the game as we're recording this and going live. Not playing good at football uh, is what has been going on. Although there's just, you know, it's not really like anything can truly be celebrated by Vikings fans when the lions are playing well. But uh, I think that there's more enjoyment when it's the Packers struggling, but I have a question for you, Manny to start the show. Uh, One time when I was in college, my class went, on a road trip. And it was like for some school thing. And uh, after we did all of the, whatever we were supposed to do presentations that we watched or meeting people in the industry, that sort of thing, everybody was kind of hanging out. Now, you know, that I'm not a party guy, but I'm around as things are happening at the hotel and several of my fellow students were playing a game called have you ever. And, uh, Uh, as as I'm reading, I don't know, ESPN on my laptop or something, they're playing this game. And so it's, have you ever done this? Have you ever done that? And people are drinking if they have and not if they didn't. Manny, uh, have you ever tweeted an NFL player your trade idea? Because some <laughs> people apparently must be doing this. I would not have a sip of Diet Dr. Pepper in this case. I have never tweeted at an athlete my trade ideas, but apparently a lot of people are because Justin Jefferson's not that thrilled about it.
1: (laughs) I don't think I've ever... Well, okay, I take that back. I was going to say I don't think I've ever tweeted at an athlete, period. I think I tweeted at Andre Iguodala one time, maybe about, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, about something about him there was a rumor that he wanted to be traded from the Warriors or something like that. And I guess he was like trolling. And I replied back, like, I can't believe people believe this from you. And he actually tweeted me back like, yeah, you're right. I can't believe that. But that was the only time I think I've ever tweeted at an athlete period, let alone trade ideas. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. And, you know, with Justin Jefferson, I mean, I mean, neither one of us and I imagine a lot of other people are not surprised by his response to all of that stuff today I mean the three games into the season and yeah they're 0-3 and it's a disappointing start but we know that Justin Jefferson is not going to punt on a season that guy is going to show up ready to play and uh, you know he still has a belief that that the Vikings can turn this season around and why wouldn't he have that belief I mean that's all 53 guys in that locker room should have that belief that they can turn things around now us on the other hand can look at the way this team has played the first three games and look at the schedule up ahead. And what the hell, man, we're free to speculate on whatever we want to. So I think it kind of works out both ways for us and for him as well. I mean, it might be a motivating factor, too, to kind of show people like, no, we're we're not done yet. This season is not over.
0: Yeah, and they have the right opponent for that to say, hey, we were driven to get this season back on track and beat the lowly Carolina Panthers. Uh, if you did not catch what Justin Jefferson said, here it is. Oh, uh, I mean, you kind of got to uh, accept it. Uh, you got to learn from uh, the battles that you you, you face.
1: Uh, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's not going to be perfect every time. You know, it's things that you got to go through throughout the season uh, to to really tell if you're going to be a great team or not. Uh, of course, we're handling the uh, adversity earlier in the season, uh, you know, with the turnovers and being 0 and 3 to start. Uh, but there's a. So a, whole many, a whole bunch of more games to go. Uh, I mean, I'm tired of people saying, you know, we're looking into the next season, or uh, you know, all of the trades and stuff like that. We're, we're focused still on this season. Uh, we have a lot more games to go, and we have a lot more things to accomplish this season. So, uh, I mean, we're still focused in. We still have that same goal as we had before the season. Uh, and we just need to fix a few things, and I feel like we'll be back on track.
0: Uh, He went on to say, Manny, that he sees all of your mentions that if you tag him in a trade idea or whatever. So I had an idea that might be a little fun since I have a pair of Oakleys right here. Manny, I'll pretend to be Justin Jefferson and you tell me your trade ideas and I will answer it as if I was replying back as Justin Jefferson. So go ahead.
1: (laughs) Okay, JJ, listen, man. I mean, the team is 0-3. You know you've got a really tough schedule coming up uh you know obviously you got Carolina coming up this Sunday, but it gets really difficult after that, man I mean we're talking Kansas City coming to town then you got to go to Soldier Field the Bears stink, but Soldier Field's always a tough place to play for the Vikings. then you got San francisco I mean it's 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 a tough schedule it's tough sledding coming up man. why how about a trade Justin? how about a trade? Let's get you into a a situation where you can win because you're used to winning, right? You're used to winning uh, national championships at LSU. What about a trade to the Kansas city chiefs? In fact, you could get traded to Kansas city, JJ, and you won't even have to travel anywhere right away because they're coming to town anyway in a, in, in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, you won't even have to travel. And then by the time you, playing that game in uniform. You can have your your first game with the Kansas City Chiefs, J.J., could be a revenge game. How about that? Let's make it happen. How about a trade to the Kansas City Chiefs? Let's let the rich get richer.
0: There's only one problem, Manny. I only have ten fingers. I can't fit all the rings that we're going to win if it's me and Patrick Mahomes. Okay. That's going to be like when, uh, Brady and Randy Moss went undefeated. Only we're going to finish the job if you trade me to Kansas city, but here's my thing, Manny, you can't trade me for less than three first round picks. Cause I have pride. I, I don't know if you know this players care about what they were traded for. So are you telling me that you're going to trade me for three first round picks? That might not be a good idea for your franchise. Also, um, how's Kansas city's uh, cafeteria because everything at TCO performance center is pretty sweet. So I think I want to continue to play there, but three, three first round picks. That sounds like you're going to ruin your franchise, but I'm cool to go play with Patrick Mahomes.
1: Yeah. I mean, why, why wouldn't you look, I'll take three first round picks. You know, why not? I mean, I'll take one of those young receivers from Kansas city as well, probably back in return, but definitely three first round picks make them all back to back to back too. three first round picks in a row it'll be it towards the end of the first round obviously because you guys would be you know winning 14 15 games a season but hey man i mean i'll take three first round picks for you why not
0: okay how about this instead of trading me what if you just uh you know trade the quarterback and then we kind of we kind of play with Nick Mullins for the year. But then I really see I, I, I'm i a big college football fan. I went to LSU. Maybe you guys have heard that. I've been watching a lot of college football this year. I'm seeing this guy named Caleb. I'm seeing this dude named Drake. I don't know where he came from, but he's awesome. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe even though I need to get my catches, that we should probably get a quarterback who can, you know, make a play. Or something or, or help us build a complete roster so you guys going to trade kirk and help us get one of those high draft picks you know jason that's a that's a pretty interesting idea i mean what if we
1: listen listen what if we trade what if we trade kirk i don't know if kirk's in the room there with you but let's what if we trade kirk look we know that these these 49er rumors have been flying all over the place right we've been talking about this kirk to the 49ers for like three years. Right. I know Brock Purdy's playing pretty well right now, but you never know with the 49ers. They always seem to have a quarterback get hurt. Kirk's like one of the most durable quarterbacks in the league, right? So let's let's move him, let's trade him to San Francisco. Maybe get, you know, probably won't get a first round pick for him, but maybe a second, you know, maybe a third round pick. You know, we could make something like that happen. And as as long as you're okay with Nick Mullins being the quarterback for the rest of the season. The Vikings are probably going to end up being, you know, three and 14 or something like that. Or maybe, maybe they'll get to four or five wins, but you know, then they're going to be in that top five. Then you could get, you know what? And I'll tell you what, JJ, you can have, if the Vikings get the number one pick, you can decide which quarterback they take, whether it's going to be Drake may or Caleb Williams. I'll let, we'll let
0: you decide that we'll let you pick. Okay, I'm I'm all in for this idea, but here's the problem. I'm I'm looking in my pockets and I don't see enough money in my pockets right now. So I'm gonna need about 35 mil a year and then whatever you guys want. Well, how about we sign a contract first and then we're good to go?
1: You know what? As soon as Kirk Cousins is off the books, we'll be able to make that happen because whatever quarterback you take, he's gonna be really cheap to start out. So we can pay you. We already gave TJ his deal. He's locked in, he's playing great. We get you locked in on a pretty nice contract. The quarterback, whether it's Caleb Williams or Drake May, they'll be really cheap. So we'll be able to afford you. We'll get you whatever you want.
0: I, I think I'd rather stay here, draft the quarterback, build the defense, have it be my team, and go forward. And I mean, those practice fields are so well perfectly cut A TCO performance. I want to stay, I want to stay here. And and MSP. MSP, I fly a lot. MSP and- is a great, great airport. And listen, that young quarterback
1: is going to throw to you a lot. He's going to know, he's going to recognize you as his safety valve. You and TJ Hawkinson, you guys are going to get almost all of the targets. You know, Jordan Addison's really good, and, and, and you can be a nice you know, mentor to him and kind of teach him how to become a really good pro wide receiver. But you're going to get all of the targets, man. That, that rookie quarterback is going to be relying heavily on you
0: to make it happen. Excuse me, I have to go help Kirk Pack. Just give me a minute. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh that was Horse too much says that uh you missed your uh you missed your calling as a negotiator which uh it's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, well, your your vocal tones enough could soothe anyone into submission. Um so in re- realistically Truthfully, stop tweeting Justin Jefferson, your trade ideas. That's weird. Uh, The first one, I don't think that Kansas City could afford Justin Jefferson with how much they're paying Patrick Mahomes. One of those receivers they draft has to make it happen. But maybe if there is another team, they, uh, they could do it. But don't do it. Don't do it. That's insane. Right. That's just that's total bat bleep crazy. I saw that they uh, got to Kevin Seifert with this, and he was cracking on Twitter with this trade: Jefferson for three first-round draft picks. It's like, okay, well, you know, Laquan Treadwell, Mike Hughes, like get him, Lewis, seen. There you go, three firsts. Like get to it. Um, I've never believed in that for a single moment and you'll Mm -hmm. never convince me that moving on from a hall of fame player will ever be a good idea. Uh, It wasn't a good idea to move on from Randy Moss. They were kind of forced. It wasn't a good idea to move on from Stefan Diggs, And they just fell uh, ass backwards into Justin Jefferson and, and got lucky there. But if they had drafted Jalen Rager instead, that would be talked about as like a Herschel Walker level awful worst thing. The franchise has ever done trade. Uh, and you would definitely regret it if you trade away Jefferson, by the way, he's 25. So unless your franchise is ending like three weeks from now, it's probably the best idea to keep him for a long time and figure out the rest. So I immediately dismissed that idea. That to me is way too, Hey, I thought of this great idea to share it Thanksgiving with my family to get everybody worked up, <laughs> but not anything you would ever realistically consider the nope. Kirk trade stuff. Truth, Truthfully, I'm messing around, not speaking for Justin Jefferson. I fully believe that that man is sitting there today thinking we're going to go to Carolina and win. We're going to upset either KC or San Francisco We're going to win in Chicago. And then look at the schedule. It is not that threatening. You can beat green Bay. You can absolutely beat Denver. You can beat Vegas. Like we're going on a run. That's what he thinks. He, he is not thinking about any of those trades that you're sending him. He wants to make the playoffs. He wants Kirk to continue to be the quarterback for this season. I guarantee you that after that though, I mean, look, if if they win eight games and miss the playoffs and three out of his first four years with Kirk Cousins as his quarterback are missing the playoffs, I get this question sometimes like, will Jefferson be upset if he's gone? Jefferson has always said, hey, it's it's a business and I want to win and that's it. Well, they haven't won. And if they don't win this year, then I, I think he'd be comfortable with them you know moving on but i don't think he would be happy at all with them trading Kirk Cousins i think he wants to fight until the end and that's why all those ideas that you're tweeting him they all okay i get i get them you get them manny like we totally understand it the jets or the falcons or whatever all that makes sense except for even if you are one in five justin jefferson is going to say we can win a bunch of games and I don't think that anybody around him wants to give up on a season for a second round draft pick and sacrifice him being frustrated for the whole rest of the year, losing week after week after week. If you saw him last week, he was crushed after losing that game, despite all the numbers. He was one of the last people off the field after losing that game last week. I think you you would rather just stick it out and also believe in the fact that there's lots of good quarterback prospects and it's not always the first guy taken and whoever you're taking is going to come into a great situation. So I put the odds of them trading Kirk cousins at pretty, pretty low unless they lose the Carolina. I might bump it up a little bit. Then Owen four is pretty rough, but I would put them at, at extremely low. So there's really no point in tweeting him who you want to trade Kirk for.
1: Not at all. And, you know, I think you go back to his rookie year talking about Justin Jefferson in 2020 The COVID year, remember, they started out one and five that season. And there was so much talk about, you know, trading Kirk, you know, trading some of these other guys, these other veteran players um, and and tearing this thing down and and starting over. And, you know, on on the surface at that time, from us, you know, looking on the outside, looking in, it probably did seem like a good idea, but he wasn't thinking that. And then look what happened. They they won a few games, got themselves back to five hundred, and then they were back into the playoff conversation. Now that season, they went into Tampa Bay and and dropped one to Tom Brady, and then it was kind of over after that. But you cannot convince Justin Jefferson that an zero and three start means that your season's over, or even a zero and four start for that matter, because he has seen evidence that a team can turn it around and get themselves back into the mix. Um, it was just unfortunately that team in 2020 just couldn't finish the job and get over that last hump to get in. But you're not going to be able to convince Justin Jefferson that this season is over after this start.
0: All right, until you're eliminated, he's going to believe that. And also, I don't think he wants a backup quarterback throwing him the ball at any point. Um, Tang says uh, Vikings uh, would like to tank for Caleb. The issue is that Caleb may stay. He wouldn't if he's going to the Vikings. I mean, if he if you told him you could play with Jefferson. Darisaw, Hawkinson, Addison, who he knows and played with Jordan Addison and had his breakout season with Addison. He's coming to Minnesota. Really, the only question is, If the Bears want him, would he decide to stay another year? Because then he might be like, I don't know, man, that is a graveyard. Uh, Although there's lots of teams that have gone through that. The Buffalo Bills drafted JP Lossman, EJ Manuel, Trent Edwards, whatever. And then they land Josh Allen and it changes the whole franchise. But, uh, you know, it's it's I, I I okay. How about this? Well, last question on this if you were going to tweet him a reasonable trade, like not involving him or Kirk cousins, is there a, is there a trade you could tweet Justin Jefferson where he'd be like, you know what? I actually like that. I actually like that trade. I I'm going to sign off on that. It, it doesn't have to be anything involving him, but what, what would it be?
1: Oh man. Um, maybe it wouldn't be Kirk either. Uh, Gosh, that's a tough question. It's a good question. It's a tough question. Probably. Maybe, maybe you think if, if, if you could get a first round pick for Daniil Hunter, maybe you could convince him of that, you know, it's Daniil plays on the other side of the ball. Um, obviously it would weaken a defense that is already kind of bad anyway. Uh, so in the short term, it could be uh kind of crippling uh, for the defense, but if you can get a first-round pick for Daniil Hunter, even if it's a late first-round pick, I think you got to do it. And then, and if you can make that happen, I don't imagine that Justin Jefferson would hate it. He probably wouldn't love it because you're saying goodbye to a teammate, but uh, I can't imagine if you could get a first-round pick out of it that Justin Jefferson would hate it.
0: Yeah. Um, Scott has a, a good one. I love this one. Hunter for Kyler Murray. Uh, that's (laughs) now you talk about awkward, uh, Kyler Murray comes walking in and like, who knows about the cap and everything else with something like this, Kyler Murray comes walking in. He's not going to play this year for the Vikings, but he's going to be in the quarterback room, get to know Jefferson, Kevin O'Connell. And Oh, hi Kirk. Uh, I got next, (laughs) 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 I'm, I'm leaving that. I'm leaving that door open. I'm leaving the Kyler Murray door open, but Arizona if they overachieve through this first half, and it might've just been a blip on the radar. I remember, how about this, Manny? This will impress you. I remember an early nineties game between the Cardinals and the Cowboys where Kent Graham beat Troy Aikman and the announcers on a Thursday night game I think were declaring that the Cardinals had taken their next step forward as a franchise with this huge win they finished with four wins the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl so you know I still I remember I that. too much of that but you know it is possible they overachieve and then they want Kyler to come back and then he plays great and they want to roll with him like I think that's possible uh but that might be one that he signed off on to get Kyler Murray in the building I don't know I think that The only trade that Justin Jefferson would actually favorite on social media would be if you said, trade a late round draft pick to a team that is falling apart for a pass rusher because the Marcus Davenport thing has failed. Daniil Hunter's out here leading the league in sacks and, and nobody else is getting to the passer. I think he would want improving trades. I don't think that he would want anything to take away from the team, which makes it Pointless to actually send him his trades because that's what all of us armchair GMs are always talking about when you're 0-3.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. And and ultimately, you know, he wants to win. And everybody on that roster wants to win, and they're not they're not giving up on this season. And so, you know, even if it would make some sense to, you know, to move on from some of the veteran players to try and, you know, maybe stockpile some draft picks for the future you're not going to be able to convince a lot of those guys, You know, you're not just Justin Jefferson, you're not going to be able to convince a lot of those guys that, you know, that it's, that, to, you know, to be okay with that. You know, ultimately it's a business and, you know, these things happen all the time in the NFL and in a lot of different sports leagues. But um, I can't imagine that, you know, you, you trading away a guy, unless it's going to make your team better, um, that too many people would be thrilled about it.
0: Uh, Jonathan says, sitting here watching the Lions dismantle the Packers. How are we not able to blow teams out like that? Yes, yeah, 24 to three as we speak. The answer is because since the year 2019, this team has had Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins, a good quarterback and a all worldwide receiver and a lot of holes. Uh, they. Hey, people love Swiss cheese because there's a lot of good cheese, but there's also a lot of holes. And that's kind of like this team. And that's this is what happens when you have massive flaws, but also enough talent. You could be in any game and you can also keep anyone else in any game. Uh, You know, so I I think that's why. But the Lions, uh, what we're seeing over these last two weeks is the roar has been restored. I mean, they they pummeled. The Atlanta Falcons, and now they are bashing the faces into the Packers. I mean, they lost one game. And people are like, "Well, oh, maybe not. That, that roster's legit." Uh, and I think that what we're seeing is the gap in the roster talent between the Lions as a whole and the Vikings is is pretty wide. And I don't think they're going to have a, a lot of trouble winning this division. I also think that you know, with Jordan Love with the Packers. Every year we declare their defense to be something special. It never is under Joe Barry and love, you know, has been good, but I haven't seen a greatness. I mean, it's kind of a week to week thing with him. Uh, And I'm not convinced yet uh, that he can be more than competent from time to time. And we're going to have to see on that. But, I mean, the Vikings could definitely still finish second in this division. I'm not convinced that the Packers are like a great team, Uh, even if they do have some more talent on defense. Their offensive line, uh, Bakhtiari is out. uh, Elton Jenkins is not playing. And this is not a quarterback who I think is going to just snap the ball, get rid of it quick. Uh, I think he likes to hold on to the ball, which can cause some problems, especially against the Lions team that rushes the passer uh, really well. Uh, you can respond to that, Manny, but do that in just a second because we have ad reads on the show now. huh? We're legit. This is big time. Love so I, ha- it. I'm, I have to read them now. Uh, and uh, it starts with pizza, which is a really great place to start. And you guys should make Little Caesars the official pizza of sponsor of the NFL. Part of your game day order online during their Pizza Pizza pregame one hour before NFL games. Get ready for some football and fun. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or their in-store Pizza Portal pickup. So grab some friends, enjoy a few slices during the tastiest hour before kickoff. Not too hard, man. To- convince me to talk about pizza. Also prize picks, which we love here on the show. If you missed it, we have a brand new segment on the show that we're doing every week with prize picks. Uh, It's very, very simple. You just pick more or less between two and six player stat projections. So I've done well sometimes, not as well other times, but say that Kirk Cousins is expected to throw for 283.5 yards. You pick more or less, and that's it and you're done. And one of the reasons I love prize picks is that it only takes a second to do. And it doesn't take a second mortgage to play, you can turn $10 into 250 with a few taps. So prizepickscom slash purple with the code purple, and that will get you a match of up to $100 on your first deposit. We've had a lot of fun uh, with that. And every time we do the pizza read, people talk about it in the comments because everyone loves pizza. Should you should you be uh, having a a serious reaction to what's going on with the Lions right now, Manny?
1: I think so. I mean they they look they look really legit right now. I mean I I you know I had a little bit of doubt even after they you know went to Kansas City and won that game because you know the the Chiefs were not at at full strength. They didn't have Chris Jones. He was still you know holding out with his contract, and Travis Kelsey was was banged up. Um, but for them to get that win is huge tim tim with uh pizza pizza that's fantastic um yeah for them to get that win and then bounce back from the the loss uh to seattle at home with the win over atlanta and then they're just demolishing absolutely demolishing the packers right now um they look they look good man and you know i i think if if dan campbell can avoid like the whatever perplexing uh, coaching decision late in the season or something that might cost them a game um this team has all of the goods I think to certainly win this division and depending on the matchup that they get in the playoffs can maybe win a game or two um and and go on a run and and look Jared Goff I know Jared Goff was an easy target to make fun of when the Rams kind of casted him off for for Matthew Stafford and obviously that worked out for the Rams winning the Super Bowl but Jared Goff has led a team to a Super Bowl himself. He's not, you know, he was a high draft pick. He's physically talented. You know, he did a really nice job last year of not turning the ball over a lot, which he had kind of started to do in the latter part of his Rams career. But that dude, that dude is is pretty good, man. And you give him some weapons, which he has. You give him a good offensive line, which he has. And a defense that has some players, too. That's a team that uh, the Lions look pretty good. They look pretty legit right now. The Vikings continue to struggle. The Packers are kind of just a meddling, mediocre team, um, and the Bears stink. So it's kind of setting up for the Lions to uh, take control of this division early on and and maybe run away with it.
0: This is a hot take. I feel like Jared Goff is the most underappreciated sports player. I mean, he has led three top five offenses. He went to a Super Bowl. And then he turns around the Lions last year with a great offense, not his fault on the defensive side, Uh, and they get they they win a huge game at Lambeau to knock the uh, the Packers out. And then this year they start off their rolling. It looks like after this they're going to be three and one, save for a, a massive comeback. The entire franchise has been rebuilt around him and he's operating Ben Johnson's offense brilliantly. And all I ever hear about is how great the offensive coordinator is. It's like, I don't know, man, I saw this guy put up a perfect quarterback rating in LA against Mike Zimmer's defense, which is pretty impossible to do. And cer- certainly, you know, Goff has his shortcomings as a quarterback, but I mean, all he has done now with two franchises is play really well, except for the one year that they're tanking. So I don't know. Uh, I think that the, the Rams made the right decision, obviously winning the super bowl to get Stafford and yeah. he fit what they wanted to do. Uh, but at the same time, you know, golf I think is now proving to be a pretty, pretty, pretty good quarterback. And it's not just McVeigh uh, that was pulling his puppet strings or whatever, which, Hey, when we get to the playoffs, how dynamic is he going to be and all that stuff? I don't know, but uh, you know, it, he's, he's got my respect for sure. I wanted to ask you. So I went through a bunch of teams. Somebody asked me in a mailbag question for the newsletter, which purpleinsider.com, if you want to sign up, uh, then you get Friday mailbag um, about, has it ever worked with teams getting to this or winning the Super Bowl If they completely tanked and t- tore it all apart. And the answer is in part, that Brady and Mahomes have won like all the Super Bowls. Recently, uh in like in the last 20 years, Brady has 7, Mahomes has 2 in the last, yeah, basically like 20 years. So that's hard, but I went th- I found a bunch of teams that became very very competitive after after being really bad, including the 49ers which never get talked about as a tank. They went 2 and 14, 4 and 12, si- 6 and 10 like 3 years in a row and drafted a bunch of players that now are the center of their team. But it's a little harder to find teams that were middling like the Vikings. And I still expect the Vikings to be this year. I still expect eight wins at least, uh, you know, considering their schedule. But it's rarer to see teams turn it in a direction where it goes from middling to Super Bowl contender than it is from tank to being really competitive. Can you think in your steel trap brain, Manny, of examples of teams who have been able to go from where the Vikings are right now to being competitive for Super Bowls? Uh, Because I've been trying to think of this kind of all day after getting this question, and I was curious to see what you thought.
1: Yeah, the first, well, the first team that came to my mind was Kansas City because, you know, they were kind of a. They were a little better than, I think before they got Mahomes, they were a little better than like a middling team. They were a team, they were going to the playoffs every year with Alex Smith, but they just couldn't like get over that hump. It was, Alex was good enough to get them there. They were winning that division. The division wasn't great. Um, and they were doing what they were supposed to do by making the playoffs, but it just wasn't, with Alex, they just didn't have enough to to sort of move the needle in the postseason. And then, you know, they made a decision. They drafted they drafted Patrick Mahomes because they realized, look, we Alex is good, but he's not good enough. We got it. We got to take a swing at a young guy here and make something happen. And obviously, the rest has been history for the last five plus years with Mahomes. Um, but th- the other team I thought about was the team that the Chiefs played in the Super Bowl last year, the Philadelphia Eagles. And here's why. Now I know the Eagles. You know, people are listening right now. They're saying, "Well, man, the Eagles just won the Super Bowl." You know. Five or six years ago. But let's take the Eagles post Nick Foles Cinderella Super Bowl run. All right. They were kind of a middling team that was hovering around 500. They had Carson Wentz, who, you know, even though he was looking like the MVP of the league the year they won the Super Bowl and then he got hurt, after that, there were a lot of questions about, like, you know, is Carson Wentz good enough to get this team? to keep this team in in serious contention and obviously he showed that he wasn't but they were good enough to kind of like hang around 500 um and I go back to that 2019 season i think they they won the division i think they I think the eagles went like 9 and 7 they won the NFC east it wasn't a great division that year they get beat in the wild card round by seattle and then you know the next year the wheels kind of fell off the, the the wagon a little bit and they ended up four and 11, I think four, 11 and one or something like that. And Wentz really started to decline. And, you know, in that, that off season, that 2020 off season, they drafted Jalen hurts in the third round. And, you know, they went through that middling season. They made it, they made a change in head coach. Um, but you know, they 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 took a swing on a young guy. They realized the guy that they had in place was not good enough. They took a swing on a young guy. And then a couple of years later, they ended up in the Super Bowl on the doorstep of winning that Super Bowl. If they had maybe a little bit more time on the clock, Jalen Hurts maybe marches them down the field and they and they end up beating the Chiefs. So I'm kind of thinking, man, if 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 the Vikings are if like last year for the Vikings was like the 2019 Eagles, good enough to win a weak division, had some things go their way, couldn't quite get over the hump in the postseason, take a swing on a young quarterback and move on from the from the veteran guy. maybe maybe that's their that's kind of a similar situation.
0: And one of my favorite pastimes last February, early February was to uh, Google people's takes on Jalen hurts. And why are they moving on from Carson Wentz when they just need a, this, 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 and this Carson Wentz is a good enough quarterback to win with. Like, where does that sound familiar? I thought of a similar example that maybe isn't uh, come up very often, but how about the Joe Flacco, Baltimore Ravens drafting Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Not their first, first round pick that year, Hayden Hurst, uh, but still they had gone in the two years before Lamar Jackson was picked. In fact, you can even go back three years before 2014. They were 10 and six, 2015 Flacco got hurt and they struggled 2016, eight and eight, 2017, nine and seven, and then 2018, I think Flacco also got hurt and that's what opened the door for Lamar, but they didn't bring him back in after he was four and five. So they were like a middling type of team, but it was in Flacco's 30s, So the later part of his career, uh, it's really a testament to how Kirk has kept himself up because Joe Flacco is only like two years older than Kirk, but it feels like he's a hundred years older than Kirk, uh, but not the point. It's just that, you know, they went eight and eight, nine and seven in 16 and 17. They were middling teams and Flacco didn't play horribly. And people in Baltimore still defended Joe Flacco and said, hey, he's a good quarterback, but he was expensive. He was getting on the older side and they needed to build up the rest of that roster. And two years later, I mean, you know, you're talking about a Lamar MVP uh, when, again, there was kind of like this, oh, I guess they're picking a quarterback, but they have their franchise guy in Flacco. So I think that uh, that one is a pretty similar situation because their team was not terrible. When Lamar came in, they were able to get to the playoffs and then the very next year be great. And that's the thing is sometimes when we talk about a rookie quarterback, Manny, it's like, Oh, well, the guy's going to come in and then just throw the ball into the stands every play until he (laughs) figures out how to play. But there have been numerous examples of guys coming into teams that were pretty good, including Brock Purdy last year. That's an extreme example because they're not pretty good. They're really good. But how about, Dak Prescott with Dallas Cowboys. I mean, th- th- there's been times throughout Joe history. Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco. Yes. Yes. Same thing. Joe Flacco was a second round pick in 2008 when 11 and five. I mean, it RG three happened where he was able to come into a situation with a great uh, coach and some good weapons there uh, until he hurt his knee. I mean, there are examples all the time of rookie quarterbacks coming in and having success. And even CJ Stroud has looked good through like a couple games. Looks like he knows how to play football. So I don't think it has to mean that you are just throwing away your future. In fact, I think of all the circumstances that any quarterback has come into next year, a rookie quarterback being dropped into Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison and the situation they have, it might be the best circumstance that a rookie quarterback's been dropped into basically since Dak Prescott.
1: And a head coach who is an offensive mind played the position himself. Um, yeah. I mean that it, you have to, to think, you know, and, and the, let's, let's be honest here too. The the Vikings have a pretty good history, especially with the, under the ownership of the Wilfs of Treating their players really well. I mean, team, you know, guys that come here typically like to be here. You know what I mean. So even in that uh, situation, you, you I, I can't imagine that a young quarterback uh, could come in here. Now, look, you're going to get. There's going to be more Christian Ponders out here. Okay, I understand that, but I, I got to think that with the with the way the Vikings are set up, with the way ownership is set up with the, the talent that's on the team, certainly on the offensive side, a young, uh, forward-thinking, offensive-minded head coach, uh, I got to think it'd be setting up pretty nicely for any young quarterback to step in. Unless unless the kid is just a boneheaded idiot, which there have been a few of those. Um, but most of, most of these young guys that come in that are talented, have a, have a knack for the game, can see the game well, uh, if they step into the, to this situation with the Vikings, I got to think they'll have some pretty early success.
0: Uh, you're right. Flacco was a late, mid, late first round pick, not second round pick my bad on that. Um, but still like, that's another thing. Oh, well, if we're not getting Caleb Williams, we're not going to be able to succeed. The, I mean, Mahomes, Allen, uh, these guys were not the first quarterback taken Lamar Jackson, not the first quarterback taken. And uh, fair enough uh our friend uh, Chuck Aoki. Yes, the best situation since Brock Purdy, yeah, last year. Good point, good point because they had a good defense. Um, Russell Wilson. I,
1: Russell Wilson is another one though. He stepped in as a as, you know, he didn't even he he came in and won the starting job in camp, you know, probably not a, a super difficult task to beat Matt Flynn <laughs> to beat out Matt Flynn, but you know, look, Seattle had went and paid Matt Flynn a lot of money to be the starting quarterback and they drafted Russell Wilson in the mid rounds and Russell won the job and then the next year they won the Super Bowl. So it does it does happen and I think it's happened more often than than we might uh than we might realize.
0: Okay. Another ad read real quick. Manny, uh your skin looks glorious, but it could always look more pristine like mine because uh, everyone should try Caldera Lab. You might act tough, Manny, and pretend that you don't care about how your face looks and your skin, but we all know that you want to show up to holiday get-togethers this fall looking good. That's where Caldera Lab comes in. Over a hundred thousand men trust Caldera Lab because of the way uh, their easy skincare routine turns into clearer and beautiful skin. It also makes a great gift as well. You're going to want to try their regimen, which has three parts: the clean slate. That's where you wash your face and leaves you feeling refreshed. The base layer moisturizes and hydrates and the good helps your skin look tighter and smoother. You and I, Manny, we need to look younger anytime we can. So that's good for us. Uh, We've all looked in the mirror and thought, when did I start looking this old? When did I I get this wrinkle? Uh, Well, 94% of men showed improvements in their appearance using Caldera Lab. So just for you guys, use the code INSIDER at calderalab.com. Get 20% off right now. Now 20% off at Calderalab.com with the code insider to make unforgettable first impressions and give the best gifts this holiday. So, uh, this week, man, he's pretty funny in the NFL. There's a lot of bad teams playing each other. It's a we're <laughs> like three weeks in, and we've already got some really horrendous games going on, which I think is kind of funny. Um, do, do you wanna you wanna give us a prediction for Denver Chicago? Do you want to talk about this? Like, isn't this crazy how fast this has happened? They're like looking around the league, going, "Oh wow, Caleb Williams Bulls are going on everywhere."
1: <laughs> uh, what if what if they just like not play the game and just merge the two teams?
0: <laughs> did you see what pick uh, what tickets are going for? No, I did not. Do you have $2.11?
1: Come on. Come on. Is it is the it Soldier Field? Is it Chicago? Report- it's in Chicago?
0: Yes. A Denver reporter tweeted out that on StubHub, they were listed for $2.11. Wow. Wow. It's week
1: four. <laughs> it's week four, and they're already giving tickets away. That is... Wow. I mean, I maybe they really do need to combine the two teams, contract one of the teams. I don't know. Um, yeah, both teams were awful last week. Um I'd I will say I think the Broncos will win the game. The Broncos I don't I I didn't think the Broncos would be like contending for a a playoff spot seriously but i thought they would be better than this and i feel like they still should be better than this i mean sean payton didn't just completely forget how to coach in the year off that he took right like he couldn't have i mean that guy's won a lot of games He won a super bowl in new orleans i that what we saw on sunday was just unreal um yeah i I gotta i feel like the broncos will find a way to win it's probably gonna be ugly because neither team is neither team is very good um and games always seem to be ugly at soldier field but i think the broncos will find a way to win that game 25 to 22 i think it's going to be a really weird unconventional score too
0: yeah uh what about bob asking about uh courtney cronin will absolutely be on the show when the vikings play uh chicago yeah there's no there's no question that's always gonna and i can't wait i mean you uh yeah, well, man, I mean, we used to have some good times uh, with you and I and Courtney on the old whatever it was called when we first got. Uh, was it every Friday night we were doing a show? You, me, and Courtney was that yeah. how it worked out?
1: I well, I thought maybe was it was it Wednesday nights? It might have oh, been Oh, whatever Wednesday nights. it was. Yeah, yeah, was
0: like one day a week.
1: Yeah, it was. Per, I think Purple Live. I think was the name of the show. That's if right. I'm not mistaken. That's yeah.
0: right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that was that was that was a lot of fun. I I. That ought to be I'll I'll be watching definitely when you have when you have Courtney on next week. That'll be uh, that'll be fun. That'll be some interesting conversations talking about the Bears.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely do that. Um, But uh, so I want to ask you one more thing just about this week's schedule. We talk about 0 and 3 is pretty much a death knell, but I don't see how that's much different from 1 and 3. So, which 1 and 2 team that doesn't get in the Viking discussion? It's so the whole record thing drives me kind of crazy. Like, well, if you go this, then your chances to make the playoffs are that. It's like, okay, but if the Vikings start 0 and 3 and then got to 3 and 3, what are the playoff odds? Like, do you get them back? (laughs) You know, like, (laughs) Hey, well, well now we're three and three. So then it's 40% or something. And then it didn't matter like, or did it, I never understood these, but if you're one and two, you need a win pretty badly. So in your mind who this week needs the wins the most that's sitting at one and two,
1: I'm going to go with Jacksonville. And, and the reason why is because that was pretty bad, you know. You, you lose at home in week two to Kansas City. I mean, there's, I don't think there's any shame in that. Uh, but you, but you, you stay home the following week. you bring in a Houston Texans team that has a as a rookie quarterback, a, a team that doesn't really have a ton of talent, but you know maybe they're well coached by D'Amico Ryan's. Um, and you just lay an egg at home. You get blown out by by three touchdowns by twenty points. Um, and you let this young rookie quarterback kind of throw the ball all over your defense. I feel like Jacksonville needs to get back on track, and you know, let everybody know that they're the favorites to win this division, and they're the ones that should be taking control of this division because none of the other three teams are, you know, at least on paper, should not be good enough to win this division. I think Jacksonville, um, taking on the Atlanta Falcons over across the pond in London on Sunday morning, I think really need a win uh, probably in the worst way out of all the teams that are one and two.
0: I think that uh, both LA teams need it pretty bad. Although I'm not really sure if, if you're a Rams fan, maybe you lived in St. Louis before. So you just watched them on TV uh, and you just stuck with them. I'm kidding. Mostly if you're, but if you're a Rams fan and your team is one and two, and you know it was really bad last year and it doesn't look like it's going to be great this year do you care i mean this is what this is the interesting thing about winning the super bowl is I feel like you get about five years before anyone really cares how it goes after that. Not that I would know, having grown up in Buffalo and moved here, but that's how <laughs> it seems. Like if you win the Super Bowl for the next four or five years, everyone's kind of gonna be like, Oh, you know, well, we still got the ring. Uh, and everyone will remember the time they climbed Vaseline poles and fell off or whatever happened in Philadelphia. But it was it was probably about that for Philly where it was like three or four years. And then all of a sudden the pressure started to build on Doug Peterson. I don't think that there's a lot of pressure on Sean McVay, even by the end of this year, if they win like six games, but it feels like if they're going to have a decent team and stay in that race, they need to win. And then the chargers, this is one of my favorite things that happens. Manny is When a team beats a bad Vikings defense, I see Kurt Warner, breaking down how they did it. I see like Keenan Allen doing an interview about it. And it's like, how many times over the last three years? Well, I guess going back to 2020 and now into this year, have we seen the opponent be like, wow, they had a historic day. Let's interview Deandre Swift or, you know, whoever else. It's like all the time, all the time. Daniel Jones. Man. I was kind of laughing about that. But the Chargers are still, they should look at themselves and say, we almost blew that game. Like we were that close to blowing that game. And they play Anthony Richardson returning to what might not be a terrible Indianapolis Colts team.
1: Daniel Jones, man. I mean, he shredded the Vikings defense in the in the playoffs, and it got, it got him paid. It got him paid a lot of money. Um, yeah, I mean, the Chargers, you know, it, I, I guess if you're the Chargers, you you would feel you know a little a little bit better about yourselves because of the the O and 2 start and you needed that win against the Vikings um last week pretty pretty badly but yeah I, I don't know i i just feel like with the way things have gone for them over the last couple of years with with Brandon Staley you know at the helm um i just feel like i need to i just need to see more you know and Good opponents for it to happen again, you know. This weekend, they're they're at home against the Raiders, and you know, I mean, the Raiders are just not good at all. So, you know, maybe this maybe this confidence just kind of continues for them that you know, if you you get another win against the Raiders, um, and you're two and two, and then then you got Dallas um, on the schedule after that, and then you know, who knows? The Cowboys are are kind of a hard team. They're they're a good team, but they're Uh occasionally a team that will have a hiccup. And you know, if you're the Chargers, you might be feeling pretty good about that. If you can win against the Raiders and then you take on Dallas, and then now all of a sudden you've won three in a row, you're three and two, and you're feeling pretty good about yourself again. So who knows, man? But um, yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting to see.
0: Okay, this just popped into my mind since we were having this conversation. Uh can we do like a quick off the cuff rank of since 2020? the funniest people to have great days against the Vikings probably just a quarterback. Cause I can't remember every running back or whatever else, but I mean, Bryce young, if he starts considering his first couple starts and how little they have on that team would rank very highly if he has a good game. I but just off the top of my head the Cooper Rush game comes to mind yeah. in 2021. And yeah he won some other games but you can't be serious. Mike White played amazing against them even though the Jets lost that game. Andy Dalton 2020. Like those are the those are the first 3 that come to mind for me.
1: Yeah, I'm kind of looking back. I'm I'm looking up like the 2020 season, the COVID year. Um I'm just kind of looking through that schedule yeah what was the oh do you remember the jacksonville game in 2020 like that really bad jaguars team that i think they only won maybe one or two games that year and vikings had to beat them in like overtime who was the there was i I remember there being like a a receiver or something for jacksonville that they played well i might be thinking about a different game um
0: so Man, if you can name bring the starting quick. quarterback of that game, I'd be impressed.
1: I just, I just brought it up. I'm I'm cheating here, but I just brought up Mike Mike Glennon. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: Glennon. Okay, yeah, you said it. All right, because I was looking at it. But uh, for a minute, I thought it might have been Jake Luton, but uh, it was the Mike Glennon <laughs> game. Mike Glennon in that game tried to run, which makes no sense at all. He tried to run for a first down, and someone named Jordan Brailford strip sacked him and never played again. Like never played again. <laughs> <laughs> that is uh,
1: wow. That's that's incredible.
0: I mean, you could actually you could actually say Teddy Bridgewater twice because Teddy actually played really well. Do you remember against Carolina, Teddy hit like a forty-yard pass to set up a reasonably decent field goal chance to win the game for Carolina, that's and the guy right. missed it. And then in Miami, Teddy lit them up in the second half. And they were a fumble away from leading potentially a go ahead drive late in that game, and as as much as uh you know I, I feel bad for Teddy and what happened with his career at the point he's playing against the Vikings in those games, he's not like what Teddy was before the knee injury that's pretty bad <laughs> that's pretty bad <laughs> like that I think it was
1: the teddy game when he was with the panthers did did Matt rule do something really stupid in that game that ultimately like may have cost i feel like there was like a late like a timeout or something that he called or like he he didn't he he kicked a field goal when he should have gone for it on fourth down or something there was something from that game that i i'm trying to remember that made me just think matt rule's an idiot and he should go back to coaching in college
0: ran the ball at some point if I remember, it was a, or didn't, or didn't run the ball. I think it was something like that. You're Yeah, I think it was.
1: They should have ran the ball because I think if they yeah. would have ran the ball and they would have kept the clock going and they decided to throw it on like, I don't know, second down or something. And it, it was an incomplete pass and they gave the Vikings a chance. Okay. I think, I think it was something like that.
0: Okay. I have another terrific nomination here, which is the Sam Darnold comeback game. At Carolina, even (laughs) though the Vikings won that game, Sam Darnold was playing the worst football I've ever seen in my life. So bad. Rashad Breland intercepted a pass. And then they, they came back in the final moments. And I think with the clock clicking to zero, he threw a touchdown to tie that game and converted a two point conversion. That was the,
1: that was the KJ Osborne winning touchdown in overtime, right? It was. At Carolina. Yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, Matthew Stafford threw three interceptions in a game. The Vikings lost, which is actually quite funny. Uh, Skylar Thompson was the starting quarterback of that Miami game. That is a, that's a good pull. Yeah. It's um, it's not been that hard. It's not been that hard. In fact, how about even Justin Fields? Having a breakout game against them. Remember, he was uh, doing terribly at the beginning of the season and then kind of found it there. So, yeah, yeah, it's been. Uh, oh, Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones with like Matt Patricia calling the shots has the game of his career throwing That's all three. That's right. The Vikings. I, I might need to make an article about this. This is wild. Like, you should never count out any quarterback when they're playing the Vikings.
1: Never. I think, didn't, uh, didn't Mitch Trubisky have kind of a nice game um, on a at, at US Bank Stadium a, a few years? I, I think it might have been the twenty twenty. I keep calling it the COVID year, um, where the Bears came in and inexplicably inexplicably won at US Bank Stadium, and I feel like like Mitch Trubisky or like David Montgomery or something had like a really big day, and that ended up being the difference. I don't know.
0: I've got it. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky, two thousand twenty, had been benched for Nick Foles. By the way, and then came back after maybe Foles got hurt or lost a bunch of games in a row or whatever happened. And he went 15 for 21 with 202 yards. And I believe threw them a late interception in that game that gave the Vikings a chance at the goal line, but still uh ended up running for 34 yards. And David Montgomery had a buck 46 and two touchdowns yeah, in that yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a time. It's so weird because my first introduction to Vikings football was when uh, I was traded for three firsts to move to Minnesota. And (laughs) I walk into the Vikings locker room in 2016 and it is Hunter Griffin Rhodes, Kendrick's Barr, Terrence Newman's still very good at that point. And I'm like, this team's got some guys who can play football and, and Mike Zimmer, of course uh, a tremendous defensive coach. And we're watching on a week to week basis, even when they were starting to slip there, they're just great. And then the second year of me covering the team, they have the number one defense. And even in 18 and 19, they were above average defenses. And it was almost like, Well, this is just how it's going to be as long as Mike Zimmer is the coach. And then I added this up today, Manny. This is nuts. Because I've mentioned this stat, but I couldn't remember it exactly. They've drafted 34 players on defense since uh, 2015. And they have three starters on the defense right now. And it's a Caleb Evans, Cam Bynum, and who am I thinking of? Maybe Makai Blackman. There's one other one. But it's like, that's not good. <laughs> that's oh, yes. well. It. If it was
1: twenty, if it was twenty, if it's since twenty fifteen, that well, daniel would probably be the the third one, right?
0: Uh, uh, yeah, after that, like since oh, after in- fifteen. Okay,
1: got gotcha. Yeah, got gotcha. you. Yep.
0: Okay. Yep.
1: Wow, that'll do it. Yeah, you got to draft well, man. You gotta. I mean, I I know you know. I I don't think that people should be panicking on you know the the twenty twenty two draft class because that's kind of the, the the fancy thing to do right now. But if you have multiple drafts like 2022, that can get you in trouble. That can get you to where the Vikings currently are right now. You got to be careful.
0: Jonathan mentions uh, Matt Moore, who was uh, apparently he was a gym teacher, but he was in retirement and beat them in 19. But that, yeah, that was outside of the realm of what we were talking about. But that was that was a classic. That was a classic. Like there used to be these games where there would be like this sort of Kirk cousins freeze up games and they don't seem to happen as much anymore. Maybe that's Kevin O'Connell. I don't know. Or maybe they're just always playing in shootouts. So if he does freeze up in the first half, we don't notice because he puts up three eighty by the end of the game as they're playing from behind. (laughs) So yeah, that was, that was definitely one of them, but uh, oh yeah. Chase Daniel in 2019 as well. That's why we never bought into that 19 team because I was thinking about how they used to actually win games by multiple scores and it's like yeah that happened in 19 but that's why we never believed in them because they lost to Chase Daniel and Matt Moore. That what was, a time. Um, what that a was, time.
1: Was that was that was the the week the week after that was when Stefan Diggs went AWOL, right and we didn't know where he was and then that's when we got Or no when when did when was there's truth to all rumors was that towards the end of that year or was that during that week?
0: no it was right after no you've got it right
1: yes okay
0: but my favorite part of that was that uh Diggs initially came out to talk to us and did a little fake cough and said that he was sick and forgot to tell them and then looked around at us like no one believes me do they and then he just answered the questions <laughs> <laughs> yes uh brandon allen is brought up here by tang yeah that's right oh yep. yeah yep, yeah that the was game allen-
1: that was that was the game Stefan Diggs went off on the sideline, and uh they were getting whooped by a bad Broncos team, and then they came back and came back and won, yeah, that's right
0: yeah it's uh it has been a journey, hasn't it? So I guess we'll see if we add Bryce Young to the mix uh do you think that they will win Manny?
1: I do think they will win, um I think especially if Bryce Young plays, I think they will uh, I think the Vikings will find a way. It's probably gonna be ugly because that's just. It's just how they roll now. It's just how they move, um, but I do think they'll find a way to win. The Panthers have just not looked good at all, and and it's you know Bryce Young has struggled, but I think there's also just kind of a, a little bit of a talent gap, at least at least on on offense. You know their their defense is is pretty solid. They've got some they've got some guys on defense that could make things challenging for the Vikings, but I think you know I think overall the Panthers won't have enough offensively to move even on a, on a struggling Vikings defense. And I think, I think the Vikings will come away with a win.
0: Yeah. And uh, Chuck mentions uh, Josh Allen. So that's history right there for a rookie quarterback, making one of his first starts beating the Vikings. It does tend to happen. Also good to see you, Chuck, in the comments. Um, The hurdle over Anthony Barr. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And he'll never forget that. Uh, Josh brings up a good point. This is a whole off season episode. I mean, you're right about that, but there's a part of me also that has been kind of like dragged down by this week. And so I wanted to have fun. I wanted to get the shades on and make some jokes and stuff. So, uh, did uh Josh ask if Davenport practice today. He did. Yeah. He uh but on a limited basis. So I don't know what's gonna happen there. It's that's that's a tough one. That's a that's tough, tough one. That's
1: tough, man. That's 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 hard because you would love to see how he could if he was healthy, you know, you'd love to see how he could fit in there. I mean, and they just need they need somebody else outside of Daniel Hunter that can get some pressure on the quarterback. There's just nobody on the interior of that line that can do anything remotely close to that. And that's been the biggest problem for that defense so far
0: there, there's um the thing with an injured player not getting out there and the frustration about not getting out there i always hate it because it, it's just i'm sure that the guy wants to play and when you see him practice in training camp he is humongous and so quick and he's got so much talent and i i think he could be good for them but he just has not been able to get out there. And I, I don't know what to say. If you're, if you're a defensive end or outside linebacker ankle is a big deal. I it's, it's very hard to get any explosiveness off of it. So it's like, well, you know, it's just an ankle or something, but I don't, I mean, how do you get that burst if you don't have, you know, your ankle at least doing well? So that's, a, that's a tough one. Cause I think he could be a really good player for them. If he can get healthy back on the field, but sometimes these things just don't go the way they're supposed to. And uh, Tang asked if Reisner is confirmed is not, I don't know. They have not said if, um, what he's going to do. So the, the Panthers are terrified. Um, they've considered not actually even showing up at the stadium because we haven't said where Reisner's is going to play. So <laughs> yeah,
1: there's, there's only one spot on the offensive line where Dalton Reisner should be playing there's only one and we all know what that position is. Like, let's just, just announce him as a starter and let's go.
0: Just yeah. Okay. So we're at, yeah, we're wrapping up, Manny. Calm yourself. Uh, but uh, next week, if they're one in three, then we talk about Taylor Swift coming to town. And it gets, you know, it gets a little more interesting. And then we can have less of an off-season type discussion and much more of a uh, let's break down this game when we're talking about next week. So, Manny, always uh, a great time hanging out with you and all of you as well. I feel like we're making it a tradition for people to watch the Monday or Thursday game, listen to us at the same time, and uh, have a good time. So thanks for your time and for everybody else. And we will catch you all later. Football.